Hello darlings, how's everyone today? It's Tuesday already. Oh my god, I'm starting my hypnotherapy training today. Um, I tried to do it a few months ago, but it yeah, I had to drop out like I did with school. <laughs> no, I had to drop out because it wasn't good timing in my life. Um, so I'm excited to be starting it up again and be a, like, a proper qualified hypnotherapist. I've got loads of plans for that. But anyway, so um, yeah, how are you guys? Let me know. Uh, today's episode is episode, I think we're on episode 14. Welcome. This is the Moon and Stars Hypnobirthing Podcast with me, Faye. Hello. And today's episode, I'm going to talk about interventions because I, I see this word like banded around Instagram all the time. And if you're pregnant, I'm sure you've seen it come up and you might be thinking, well, what does it actually mean? So I'm going to talk you through it today, my beauties. So what, what does it mean? What, what does an intervention mean? So an intervention is basically what it sounds like. It just means when a midwife or a doctor intervenes with the natural birthing process to assist you with the birth of your baby. So yeah and it, that, there's lots of things that can cause them and there's lots of ways we can avoid them as well so I'm going to go through it all today. So specifically some interventions could be having a sweep is an intervention because it's trying to get your body to go into labour and I'm going to do a whole episode on sweeps because I've, I've got a lot to say about sweeps so I'll do an episode on that very shortly. Your water's being broken so that's an intervention because that's being done to you rather than it happening naturally. Pain relief is an intervention. Syntocinon, which is a drip that's given. Um, so it speeds up your contractions and it can make your contractions stronger. So this would be given, um, it could be given as part of the induction process. And I will do a whole episode on inductions as well. And I'm going to get a midwife to come in and talk for you guys through that. Um, so induction, that syntocinon drip could be used as part of the induction process. It might be used if your waters have broken, but you haven't gone into labour for a certain period of time. Normally, I think it's 24 hours you get given. Um, but I don't think the rate of... Infe- the reason why is because if your water's broken, you don't necessarily go into labour straight away. There's a risk of infection, but it's so low. Um, and I don't think it increases until it's like 72 hours afterwards. But again, I will do an episode on that. Um, all about waters breaking and stuff like that but so if you your waters break and then you don't go into you don't have contractions you might be um given syntocin on for that or if your labor stalled or it just isn't progressing um you might be given offered syntocin in that situation but there's lots of risks that come with syntocin on the drip i'm just going to call it from for now because it's easier to say there are lots of risks that come with that so it's about outweigh. It's about weighing up them pros and cons, which I'm going to talk about later. How to do that? Because yes, syntocinol might speed up your labour or bring on your contractions, but the risks of it include hyperstimulation, so too ma- too many strong contractions that can cause the baby to be starved of oxygen or get distressed. You've got risks such as it can affect the bonding process after birth because when you have syntocinol introduced to your body it's a synthetic form of oxytocin and it doesn't 
it goes straight to your uterus it affects your uterus but it doesn't go to your brain so you don't have the the same natural oxytocin that's going around your body if you're if you're in labor naturally and what oxytocin does is it goes and gets its mates which is endorphins and endorphins are your body's natural pain relief so they help you cope with labor so the more oxytocin you've got in your body the more you're going to be able to cope with labor um, and I've spoken about this in great detail in a pre like in the second episode, which is how to hack your birth hormones. And syntocinum can massively affect that. So you won't have your body's natural pain relief. So you end up with your contractions will be more painful as well. And I'm not I don't want to scare you guys, because I know this information can sound quite scary, but I just would rather you guys knew this stuff than didn't. Um so that's something to think about if you're offered syntocin at any point. It, I think it can affect milk production as well because it just it messes up with the physiology of birth, man. So there's going to be there's going to be an impact of that, isn't there? So yeah, but that's an intervention. Then you've got any kind of uh, fetal heart monitoring that would be an intervention because, well, it gets in the way, doesn't it? Uh, induction is obviously an intervention. Forceps or von Tuso, uh, instrumental delivery of baby. That's obviously an intervention and cesarean. So those are kind of like the main interventions and some people would say that I think this is quite an interesting point but some people would say that even just leaving your house is an intervention because the moment you leave your house you're going to disturb all of the hormones that have been working with your labour and it can it can have an impact it can slow labour down even stall labour because say if you're in your home you're labouring you're having contractions you're you're feeling good you're in your nice familiar comfy cozy environment it's all going well then you leave your house and you get in the car straight away you're going to be feeling anxious about getting to the hospital you're going to be possibly feeling stressed if there's traffic there's bright lights so you know your 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 oxytocin's been inhibited you get to the hospital you might feel scared uh, and all of those things it can literally make your cervix like close back up and go Mm-mm, not today bitch so so that's an interesting thought. Um, I don't know what you think about that, but I think that's quite interesting. And then we've got something called what we call in hypnobirthing. I learned this when I did my hypnobirthing training. There's something known as the cascade of interventions. Because interventions disrupt the physiological process of labour, right? Which is a very intricate, very complex orchestra of hormones all working together at exactly the right times like it's super super intricate like scientists don't even still don't even fully understand what actually brings it on like how like how crazy is that like we can send a man to the moon but we don't know how labor starts (laughs) i'm always like what but isn't it i love that it's a bit of a mystery i think that's beautiful i actually think there's something really beautiful about that and that there's still shit we don't know about our own bodies as humans so um but yeah, inter- that it, the any kind of intervention will disrupt that physiological process, that beautiful, intricate, complex orchestra of hormones doing their job. And as a result of that, one intervention may lead to another. So we end up with this cascade of interventions. So for example, having an epidural increases your chances of then needing syntocin to strengthen your contractions. And then you're also more likely to need forceps. So you see one thing leads on to another. Not always, of of course, not always, but it is a thing, like it's a well-known thing. So this is why it's important to understand and know this stuff so that when you're making decisions in labour, you know what you're making decisions about. And this is why I think it's quite important to have 
some kind of birth plan which we'll do together i'll do we'll do an episode on that and you can all get your pens and paper and we'll do it all together i just said i could even do that as a live session like a live zoomy thing anyway it's thinking out loud i think it's important to know and understand these things so that you can make informed decisions and just knowing these things you can be more prepared and when you're more prepared you're going to feel calmer and then you're less likely to have interventions if you're feeling calmer so there you go if you're offered any kind of intervention in labor you should always be made aware and presented with the risks obviously you know the benefits of an epidural but you need to be given the the risks of that as well and be be made aware of that and if you're not you should probably ask if you're offered an intervention and you don't want it for example if you're offered syntocinol or you're offered an induction you can ask is this necessary is this necessary right now is this a medical emergency you can you can ask for more time as well. So, for example, if a doctor comes in and says, mm, you've been in labour a bit too long, um, been in labour a bit too long, we'd like to speed up these contractions now and give you some syntocinol, you could say, am I or my baby in trouble? Is my baby in distress? Is there an, a, a, a medical need for this right now? And if the answer is no, you can say, okay, well, I'd like a bit more time. You can ask for more time. If it's safe to do so, obviously, guys, I'm not a doctor, not trying to be a doctor I'm not even trying to come across as a doctor obviously but just being mindful of what I'm saying here but you can ask for more time if it's safe to do so you can do that and that's okay and that brings me on to failure to progress that's another thing you might hear quite a lot of and whenever you're reading about birth or learning about birth or whatever but a lot of hospitals will have time frames for how long you should be in labour and how much your cervix should dilate in a certain time frame and there's literally graphs that were invented by like old white dudes from the last century. And it's basically like you should dilate a centimetre every four hours or something like that. And I mean, just what a load of shit. What a load of shit. Um, everyone's different. Every human being is different. Every baby is different. We're all going to have different labours. We're all going to have different times. And I just find it so bizarre that in hospitals you're put under a time frame. Like your vag must comply to this time frame. Oh, well, a lot of us have, you know, my badge don't comply. I've got a rebellious badge. <laughs> my badge don't follow the my badge don't follow the rules. My badge is my my badge. Why do I get all in my badge? My badge is its own woman, man. My badge is independent. My badge does what it wants. It don't read no book about it's got to dilate a centimeter every four hours. Oh my god! I suppose another intervention that I haven't mentioned would be a vaginal examination as well, because the moment you're poked and prodded. That can affect all the hormones as well. Imagine you're in your zone, you're labouring, you've got all the oxytocin, you've got all the endorphins, you're coping really well. And then a midwife goes, right, I'm just going to insert a couple of fingers and check how dilated you are. Boom, you're out of your zone, aren't you? And I would say it's like, I think I spoke about this on another episode, but it's like if you're having sex and you're enjoying the moment, you're having a great time with your partner and then someone knocks on the door and goes, oh, can I just come in and have a look at your vag? You're going to be like, uh, uh okay. You're not going to be, like, loving the moment anymore, are you? And all those hormones that were getting you all, like, horny and juiced up. Sorry for the... Uh, horny and juiced up. They're, they're going to stop. And you're just going to be like, no thanks. You're just not feeling it anymore. Unless you're into that sort of thing. And, you know, each to their own. You crack on, babes. But, yeah, you know what I'm saying, don't you? So all of these things are worth thinking about and considering and popping into a birth plan is what I'm saying. Uh didn't take me long to be inappropriate there did it 13 minutes god 
I'll just, I'm just going to stop trying to behave because it's just not me. So, um, so obviously, I don't want to like make it all sound bad because interventions absolutely have their place and can be can literally save lives. Like sometimes being induced could be could mean that a baby lives. Sorry, that's really I don't want to talk about this on this podcast, but you know, or an emergency cesarean could be could be literally life saving for you and your baby, or pain relief. Obviously, sometimes it's just needed you know and and that's okay but I just wanted to share that information just so that you can think about it and weigh it up for yourself because we're just we're not really taught this stuff either are we um, I was I definitely wasn't taught any of this at school so I think it's good to know this shit so how can you prevent interventions so there's something you can just downright say no to you don't have to say yes to a sweep if you don't want one I'm gonna do a whole episode on that so well, we'll get to that uh you don't have to have a vaginal examination if you don't want one I mean, obviously, sometimes there are reasons where it could be necessary, but a lot of the time it's not. A lot of the time it's just so they can tick off their chart that you're dilating at a certain, you know, certain, your your vag is complying, basically. Um, so you don't have to have a vaginal examination if you don't want one. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything. Obviously, you'd need to weigh up whether what was the safest option, but you don't have to do anything. Yeah, that's one that's one way to avoid them is not doing anything that's not necessary. Best, the, probably the best possible way to avoid interventions is to give birth at home. And I will do a home birth episode as well. I was thinking about getting somebody on that's actually had a home birth because I haven't had a home birth, so I feel like a bit of a fraud, like, talking about it. But giving birth at home is is your best way to avoid interventions. And actually, what's really interesting is that hospitals aren't actually the safest place to give birth for low-risk pregnancies. How, How amazing is that? And I'll talk about that another day on the home birth episode. So yeah, one way to avoid interventions is literally giving birth at home. Or you might your home birth isn't for you, that's fine. So try and stay at home for as long as possible though. So try to stay at home until your contractions have really got going. Because then when you get to the hospital, it's much less likely to stop or, you know, slow down. Once it's in full swing, you're gonna be you're gonna be good to go. So once you're having like three contractions in ten minutes, that's a really good time to head to the hospital. Anytime, if you go to the hospital too early, you're much more likely to have interventions because you'll be on their time frame straight away. And if you, if your vag don't comply, then you know you know what goes down. So you might want to think about that as well. Movement is really important. This can help with pain. This can help with getting baby in the right position. Because if baby's not in an uh, optimal position for birth, you're more likely to need forceps or a cesarean. So moving around is really important. Go like move. Just go with what feels right for you. Being on your back is more likely to cause interventions because baby might not get as much oxygen and then they could uh, show signs of distress on a CTG CTG monitor. Your contractions are likely to be more painful, so you're more likely to need pain relief, which could lead to other interventions. And just being on your back, it isn't the best because you haven't got gravity on your side. Baby might not be able to get in the optimal position. And you know what? It's just one of them things, I don't know if I've said this in a previous episode, but it's one of them things where you can just feel really, really vulnerable and that could make you feel quite uncomfortable and then you're feeling a bit stressed and then contractions could slow down. Because if you're there lying on your back, legs akimbo, vag all out and about for the world to see, surrounded by fully clothed doctors that are standing up over you, it's not a nice position to be in. But sometimes it might feel like the best position for you and that's cool. You do what you, do what you need to do. Learning about birth can help prevent interventions because it can prevent 
you can reduce your fear by learning about birth and understanding and then if you're less scared you're less anxious you're less tense and birth is more likely to flow better and just making sure your environment is like optimized so when I say that I mean making sure it's not bright loud full of people you know unfamiliar make the hospital space that you're in or wherever you're giving birth make it as lovely and homely as possible trick your brain into believing it's a familiar environment with with smells from home so you can bring your pillow from home um or have any kind of nice smell in a room spray or whatever you want to do essential oils whatever you want to do you can have some music playing close your eyes and just imagine you're somewhere else like that's really powerful as well so all of those things can definitely prevent interventions i think water birth can help with things like pain relief so you're less likely to have epidural um we can't have an epidural in the water obviously but you're less likely to want it um and babies can get in really good positions when you're in water as well because you can move around much more freely especially in upright positions as well so um and then just asking if it's necessary is this really necessary right now and another thing you can do you can weigh everything up any decision that you're asked to make in labor you can weigh it up by using the brain acronym so b is for benefits r is for risks a is for alternatives i is for instinct and n is for nothing so for example you're you're pregnant you're 38 weeks pregnant and a midwife says if you haven't got into labor by 40 weeks we're going to book you in for your induction and i will talk about inductions in a whole episode so don't worry we'll cover everything and you go all right okay First of all, they're meant to ask you if you even want it. Like, it shouldn't just be told. And I hear this all the time. I hear so many stories where people say, oh, I was just booked in. Like, excuse me, it should be a discussion. It's your body. Like, what the hell? So first of all, and you should be presented with all the benefits and risks anyway before you're expected to make a decision. But you can say, okay, well, what are the benefits of the induction? What are the risks of the induction? What are my alternative options? Because there's always alternatives. What does your instinct tell you? And N for nothing, depending on the situation, literally could mean just, can I have some more time to think about this? You should never be expected to make a decision on the spot unless it's obviously an emergency. And then you go through, what are the benefits of not being induced? What are the risks of not being induced? What are the alternatives? What does my instinct tell me? And what happens if I do nothing? So any situation that you're faced with in your pregnancy and your labour remember the brain acronym you can ask those questions get a much clearer picture of what's best for you and your baby and then you can decide and actually the brain acronym is really great for for life i've used it for so many things in life i've like, I've gone through those things um like when i was thinking about moving house and i was like okay what are the ben- you know what are the benefits what are the risks so yeah yeah i've used the brain acronym for life for lo- lots of lots of different life decisions including like a career change and all sorts so it's a really good life skill to have and it, yeah it's just a great way of remembering what you need to know and then you can weigh it all up and decide what's right for you and when we take control of our births you're less likely to suffer with birth trauma as well and I will do, we'll do I will do an episode on birth trauma sorry I feel like everything I'm saying I will do an episode on that because it's just I can't go into it because it will just this podcast will be about five hours long otherwise. People that suffer with birth trauma often describe a lack of control. So being passive in your pregnancy and your birth isn't really the one. 
taking the reins a little bit is going to help you feel feel more in control of that but it's obviously having the confidence to do that as well isn't it so hopefully learning about birth hopefully through learning about birth you'll gain the confidence to trust in your own instincts and trust in your your own body a bit more and your own decisions um so i hope that's helpful and let me know what you think as always i love you guys i love your reviews it honestly make literally makes my day you know actually does and i've become addicted to looking at the um apple itunes charts i find it so i find it really really weird when i look because i'm like charting i'm like i'm like in the top 20 in like 50 countries and i'm like oh my god what is going on i love it i yeah it's lovely but it's very very weird and i've stopped looking at the amount of downloads my podcast gets because it freaks me out like i don't like it it really makes me feel weird um (coughs) but yeah obviously i want to reach as many people as possible so if you can um rate and review the podcast it really helps to get my podcast in more people's ears so that would be lovely thank you so much have a great week my loves i might do a quick another quick bonus episode after this about tearing so you'll have two episodes this week so check it out loves sorry i've got i'm sorry if i sound really weird i've got this really sore throat and i've been coughing so much it's going to sound might the obviously i'll edit out all the coughs but it might be a bit um it might have sounded a bit jaggedy so i am sorry thank you for listening i honestly i really appreciate you listening so much like if i could give you a hug in real life i actually would so thank you so much have a great week also please feel free to send me any questions um i was thinking i'd probably need to add a little link or something don't know where you can ask questions and then i could like go through them on an episode so please feel free to do that dm me on instagram i'm moon and stars hypnobirthing over on instagram so come and follow me and uh, if you follow me via this podcast, let me know. Because I don't know who's finding my Instagram via the podcast, but there must be quite a few of you. So let me know, man. Let's chat. All right, you beautiful bastards. I'll see you next week. See you next Tuesday. Bye.